You're listening to Athleisure Kitchen, where you'll get the inside scoop with those in the culinary world from celebrity chefs, food personalities, restaurateurs, and more. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith of Athleisure Mag, so set an extra plate as we chat all things culinary. On today's episode of Athleisure Kitchen, I sat down with restaurateur, author, entrepreneur, and celebrity chef, Matthew Kinney. He has been at the forefront of plant-based cuisine and showing how it not only benefits your body, but can be elevated and enjoyed by those that are vegans as well as those that aren't. We talk about how he got into the industry, the restaurants that he came up through, and how he began to blaze a trail in plant-based cuisine at a time where this was not a space that was widely seen. He breaks down raw vegan, vegan, and his plant-based philosophy. We talk about how he approaches his business, his partnerships, licenses, and creating functional foods that are full of flavor, such as his latest, Intidoo. He also shares upcoming projects that we're excited to see how his journey continues as he furthers his plant-based mission. When did you first fall in love with food? Well, my entire life, I loved food. I grew up in Maine, and it, but it was all about seasonality and ingredients. You know, wild blueberries in the summer and the wild strawberries that grew across the street in our garden. Mm. Um, you know, we made our own honey and maple syrup and apple cider. So I always loved food. I didn't really realize that I that I had an affinity for cooking, per se, until probably um, after college when we moved to oh, New York wow. City. And I just, you know, fell in love with the diversity of, you know, so many amazing restaurants restaurants and different cultures and the melting pot aspect that you could see through food. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so this is probably 1989. That's amazing. Um, that's interesting that it took a little later before you decided you wanted to be a chef. I'm based in New York as well. I actually, um, my first, you know, vegan restaurant that I ever went to was Pure Food and Wine. So it's it's just oh, wow. so, ex- yep. <laughs> it's so exciting to be able, you know, to talk to you. I'm not vegan myself personally, but I, I, it was the first time I was introduced to it and I was like, oh my gosh, the flavor profiles and like what this food is, is so amazing. So, um, you know, tell me about your culinary journey from, you know, where you went to school and kitchens that you started in. I basically uh, moved to New York City right after college because I knew that I had friends there. I knew that that's where I wanted to be and I planned to go to law school. Hmm. And I instead took a, my first job at Christie's on Fifth Ave- when it was on Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. And I realized, you know, I wanted something social um, in mm. my life. And I'd been taken out for dinners and was just always so excited about trying new restaurants. And so I decided that I, I was a, I went to Hawaii for a little while and I did some hiking trying to decide what I was most passionate about. And I just had this idea that I wanted to open a restaurant in New York City. I had no skills or training whatsoever. Mm. And I enrolled in the um, French Culinary Institute um, and um, studied there. And during the evening, I worked for about a year at a really amazing um, southern Italian restaurant that was on 59, 60th Street, I think, mm-hmm. called Malvasia. And it was a chef from the island of Lipari. And I just fell in love with the Mediterranean diet mm-hmm. and flavors, you know, the non-use of butter for the most part and the wild fennel and just all the really exotic but clean flavors. And that really set, you know, and that really resonated with me because that's how I like to 
eat and live, mm-hmm. but I'd never seen it in that fashion. So that had a big impact on me, even though it wasn't um, it wasn't a four star restaurant or anything, but it was really nice. Mm-hmm. And the um, the chef was kind of a you know well known chef at that time, and Gail Green and all the the food critics from you know New York Times, New York Magazine came through. There's so like a real education mm. at school, but also at that at this restaurant because I was there when it opened, mm-hmm. and I was able to see the whole thing come to come together and what was important in New York and just I just got a massive education in one year. When I um, graduated from culinary, French Culinary Institute, some of my friends had gone to work at La Caravelle, which I think mm-hmm. was a three star restaurant in those days. And it was one of the you know, one of the top restaurant French restaurants like La Grande and so forth. But La Caravelle uh, had a new American chef and he was hiring a new team and I went there and worked and um, that was very classic French then we got a call from the manager of the, the Sicilian restaurant that I had worked at and I'd been only out of cooking school for a year maybe and he said he was hired to re- re- resurrect a restaurant that had been doing great but the chef left and they, they fell apart and it was mm. it was really struggling and it was a very high profile location expensive restaurant and he said that he told the owners he would only take the job if he could hire me to be the chef and I said wow I had no, co- co- I had no management experience I'd never been a chef, but I knew I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took that job, and that was in 1990, 1991, I think. And, you know, we did we got great reviews uh, somehow. I just worked around the clock. And the owners were Brazilian. They asked me to open a second restaurant with them. Mm. And then in 1993, a taxi cab went through the window of the first restaurant. Nobody was hurt. Oh, wow. But it was, it was full. Mm-hmm. Somehow nobody was hurt. Not through the window, like into the dining room, but it basically smashed the window and, mm-hmm. you know, ruined the, the storefront. Right. I said to them, you know, this is a good time to change the concept. And I wanted to do something North African inspired Mediterranean, but not strictly Italian. Mm-hmm. And they said, OK, we'll do it if you put your name on it. Wow. And so I did. So we opened Matthews in 1993 and that was my first restaurant. Um, so it was really an intense. Well, my whole career has been intense. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> you know, but it, it, um, yeah, it was very fast moving. I was, you know, it was all my life was all about food and whatever exercise I could get in because I would go home after 12, 14 hour days and cook. Mm hmm. Um, for my wife at, at that time. So, yeah, so it was really a, a love affair with food. Wow. I mean, that is an amazing story how, you know, you got to have your name on the restaurant and, and opening that. Did you think at that time that you were going to be who you are now in terms of 12 cookbooks and all of these restaurants and concepts and partnerships that you have? Well, that was before, like, that was before it was common mm-hmm. for chefs to do that. Like, Daniel at that time was the chef at Le Cirque. Mm-hmm. And... John George was the chef at Lafayette. Well, he opened Jojo, his first restaurant, right around the corner from me at the same time I opened. Um, it was something that would be hard to visualize in those days because it wasn't very common for, you know, restaurant owners. There was a guy named Tony May at a bunch mm-hmm. of Italian restaurants. He had three or four places, you know, he was like king. Well, it just wasn't common in those days for chefs to, you know, be licensing, franchising, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Wolfgang Puck did it a little bit, but that was mostly limited to California and Vegas, San yep. Francisco. It wasn't really any chefs doing things on a global scale at that time. Mm-hmm. But I, there might have been one or two, but it wasn't a thing like it is now. I mean, you are known as, you know, a superstar chef who focuses on, you know, vegan and plant based. You know, why did you want to go into this area? And for those of our listeners who may not be familiar, what is the difference between raw, you know, vegan and plant based? Raw vegan, raw vegan, which is what I got into first, is an entirely plant based diet where nothing is heated over you know, 110, 120 degrees mm-hmm. Fahrenheit, which is where 
you know, enzymes are more active below that threshold. And so you have to get very creative with raw vegan because you mm-hmm. a lot of things you you know aren't good raw. It prohibits certain things that aren't really great for you. So it's a really good diet. It's great for digestion. Great for you know so many things. Elasticity of skin, hydration. Hmm. Um, but it's you know it's tough to mm-hmm. do it all year round. And um, whereas vegan, you know, you can we can make anything: pizza, muffins, scones, you know, anything. So mm-hmm. um, raw vegan is more limited, but at the same time, that limitation encourages creativity. Right. It's uh, but yeah, they're quite different. Although we incorporate raw components into our non raw food restaurants mm-hmm. all the time. Tell me about you know Matthew Kinney Cuisine, as this seems to be your umbrella that houses your restaurants, partnerships, products, innovations, and concepts. Well, so as the time evolved, um, even in, in after Matthews, we, were, we had a really successful place and the neighbor had a restaurant that was not doing well, like a block away. And he said to me, you know, you're always cool and I've got this great space and it's not working. Why don't we do something together? And so I opened a second place, a casual place. Um, a block away and it did really well the, the um, partnership didn't do so well so mm-hmm. um, I left that but and then I it had, you know Matthews was just a really hot place in the first few years and I had a lot of offers and I couldn't help but say yes too many times so mm-hmm. um, I opened the Meze in Midtown um, next to Condé Nast main office at that time and opened um, a restaurant in Soho across from the Marcel Hotel another one on 22nd Street and one in Atlanta and one in Maine mm-hmm. these were pre-vegan days mm-hmm. and um, so that kind of got in my blood of the idea of not just creating menus but creating experiences through design through you know whether it's music or uniforms I just really fell in love with that idea of building restaurants running mm-hmm. them on the other hand is a different type of challenge um, <laughs> but that was you know up until 99 or 2000 I guess almost 2001 um, so I, I ran this decent sized company from my late 20s to my um, mid 30s and then oh you asked me about vegan mm-hmm. so I had um, you know gotten more and more interested in longevity and health I was always into fitness and exercise and even through college made of my own meals which were really healthy not not vegan because it was really not a thing then mm-hmm. and but, you know when I was in New York I really started to get more into yoga and more aware of how I felt and everyone had food hangovers and so forth mm-hmm. and I um, I started talking out loud to friends saying you know I think I could be a vegetarian I grew up hunting by the way so hunting right. and fishing <laughs> Um, but I, I just felt like, drawn to it. I liked foods that were clean, that were non-stimulating, like mm-hmm. less stimulating, earthier, balanced cuisine. I felt that, but I didn't know how to translate that into my career. And I was also at a point where I was doing food that was more comfort, comfortable American, like truffled mac and cheese, things that were mm-hmm. trendy then. And I didn't really enjoy that because it wasn't, it wasn't creative enough, but it also wasn't what I wanted in my body. And I was disconnected a little bit. There was not alignment between my profession and my personal life. Right. So we, um, like a girlfriend at that time, we made a reservation to go to um, a really trendy restaurant in Tribeca with a friend of ours. And he called us after we made the reservation and said he's been only eating raw food, which I'd never heard of mm-hmm. as, a, as a type of cuisine. And he wanted to take us to a place called Quintessence, which happened to be a block from our home. We didn't know about it. And we went there and um, the food was kind of weird. It was not particularly exciting. And it had strange names and there was no music, no wine. But oh, wow. everybody in there was so passionate about their diet and their lifestyle. They were just glowing with health. I had not seen people like that. <laughs> and, um, and it was full. Wow. And it just, it was just a light bulb moment where I thought if somebody can actually make 
make plant-based cuisine or even rock cuisine sexy and fashionable and contemporary by applying classical culinary training to it that can really change the way we eat mm-hmm. and uh, so that was the moment that I pretty much just went vegan uh, right away. You have a number of restaurants around the world. What goes into your thought process when it comes to deciding where you want to locate next or a partner that you want to have, the kind of concept and the aesthetic that you're bringing forward? Well, we're changing that model a lot. So basically, I always felt like focus on building the brand, the mission, the narrative, building a team that can enhance that that vision Uh and keep creating, just keep innovating. Because this space has so much runway, there's so much opportunity within mm-hmm. plant based to make a difference, to add new styles, new new recipes, new formulas, um, new science, so forth. So I really wanted to create a brand that would be um, attractive to the outside world that was looking for solutions that mm-hmm. were looking to transform their business or their real estate property or bring plant based into their schools. And so really, it's all about the innovation aspect mm-hmm. and the content, and it stems from there. And you know, we just we've been fortunate to have opportunities that approach us for, I mean, for, for the last five years constantly. And they're from all over the world. We, um, but, but, you know, I'm making a shift. I've been opening a lot of restaurants. Mm-hmm. We've also sold or closed a few restaurants post-pandemic because I want to I want to be able to reach a, an even larger audience um, and really expedite the, the um, shift in the global food dynamic and the, you know, toward plant-based being the center of the plate. Mm-hmm. And that's why we launched education during... Um, COVID. We have uh, over 4,000 students from 80 countries online at Food Future Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why we're doing media projects and a um, bunch of strategic partnerships with different products and different brands, companies that uh, serve, serve food or products in different ways um, and, and experiences. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, you know, with the restaurants, we're shifting toward a more of a licensing model because it's very hard to run restaurants in multiple states, much less multiple right. countries. And so pretty much at this point we're we're partnering with larger groups developers hotels mm-hmm. brands that we think we can develop a relationship that can grow and scale so for example we work with Kirzner uh, International they're based in Dubai mm-hmm. owned by um, ICD the government of Dubai basically and they have maybe 15 or 20 properties mm. We work with them. We have a full-service restaurant at one and opening a second, and then we work with them at eight or ten other properties where we do enterprise training, so providing Mm. their chefs with tools and content for uh, adding plant-based to their regular menus. So those are the kind of situations where we develop relationships and we can grow with them, and we don't have to do things that we're not good at, such as dealing with construction and all of that. So we're really shifting to be entirely of that model within the next year. Which I think is really smart because like you said, it allows you to focus on the things that you're good at and that you want to be able to spend more time on. Yeah, it's not it's not our skill set. I mean, I grew up with my dad's a contractor, but Hmm. I can't be on the construction site and running the company and thinking and doing, you know, doing, you know, a lot of things. Um, And the people that, you know, are really best at at culinary, for example, Mm -hmm. they don't have experience with this kind of thing. And it's just, um, it's not practical for us when we have the opportunity to do it, you know, through the licensing platform. I actually met you last, uh, no, 2019 in the fall with a lotteries event here in New York when they had an editor event for 
of the menu and um, the, the vegan portion of their menu, which was so amazing. And, and I was so inspired hearing you talk. What does it mean to you when you are instituting, you know, plant based portions of menus in, you know, a restaurant where you can still have this other side of the menu? But people such as myself, who maybe we eat plant based half of the week, are able to be exposed to a lot of these innovations. Well, that's, that's where I see it going. I mean, that's why I use the, the term, you know, shift the global food paradigm, because yep. really what I'm looking at is I'm realistic and uh, <laughs> the whole world will not go vegan ever. But mm-hmm. I do believe that there will be a, a major shift toward plant-based being, you know, 70, 80 percent of what we consume. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you know, we're we're in a world, we're all com- connected in one way or another. So, I, you know, I don't have a problem with that as long as we're not promoting or serving, you know, the non-plant-based. I'm not a... Right. An activist per se. I'm an activist, but through art. Mm-hmm. So that's how I try to do it. We actually just got the chance to have um, some of the new items from uh, your brand Antidote, which you launched at Expo West. Um, the pizza almonds are amazing. Um, why did you want to launch this company, which focuses on you know nutrient dense functional foods and supplement powders? I just like Amir, you know, he's just like passionate. Um, we have, I think, the same taste and he's wonderful to work with. I mean, you know, I know whatever we do, it's going to be aesthetically pleasing and mm-hmm. he's committed to quality and, and I like where he's coming from, you know, as a doctor. I mean, he's a very compassionate person and um, it's, you know, that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, that's the things I eat all day. Like I had the trail mix for breakfast and mm-hmm. it's, um, they're very functional foods and, and also foods that you know really help us eliminate um, toxins and, and put better better ingredients and superfoods into our body. Mm-hmm. It's a big market segment and I, I felt like we had a perspective on where to get the best ingredients and, and how to activate them through the sprouting process and it's really quite straightforward but it's meant to be you know very high quality, straightforward, non-challenging for people to understand and um, I think it can grow in a lot of different ways but uh, you know I love the brand itself as well. It started out the idea started out as a doing a bar. We did an antidote bar, which had ingredients that no other bars have, like pine pollen and some really cool um, things, but it was hard to produce them for a reasonable cost. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, it was hard to sell them at, a, at the right cost. So we pivoted, and um, and this is, you know, the where we are now, and I'm really happy with it. We did a nice show at Expo West, and I'm, I love the branding, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just really uh, pleased. But it's simple and not, you know, incredibly challenging to produce, so we can be I mean, I like you were talking about, I love the packaging. Um, I'm a huge fan of almonds myself. So having these different like flavors and just it was so amazing. And I also received a golden magic. So I think that's lovely as well. You know, what's your process in terms of onboarding the different, you know, assortments that you'll eventually have? Are there new things you're also looking to add later in the year? Yeah, we're, we're launching with a pretty large portfolio of, of products. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, that a lot went into that and and the branding. Mm-hmm. And now a lot will go into developing relationships with, um, you know, retail outlets or whomever will be carrying it. So we want to nurture those relationships first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then once we're, that part is stable, then, yes, yeah, certainly we'll look at other ideas. I have always too many ideas. I've learned to shut them down a little bit um, mm-hmm. because I really want to do it right and get through this first phase in the right way. Well, that that's exciting and I'll definitely keep my eye out for it because like I said, we literally received it yesterday and I was so excited to taste it and just how clean and, and um, 
all the things that I, I'm thinking about. How can I put this on my salads and different things like that? And I think you guys did an amazing job with that. How did the two of you come together to decide to do this? Like, had you worked together previously? No, um, I had a restaurant at the One Hotel in Miami. Mm-hmm. And uh, Amir came to a talk that I was doing. Oh, wow. And it was, a, it was just a sunny weekend day. And yeah, I gave a talk and maybe I did a demo or something. And he approached me after and um, we just started talking and, and said, you know, he said, do you want to do something? And then we talked about what we wanted to do. And he mentioned how he wanted to do a bar because he's a doctor and he really wanted to add value to his patient's, you know, health by, um, by focusing on food. So mm-hmm. we, um, we decided to collaborate and do it together. Wow. That's very cool. And then, you know, are there upcoming projects outside of, you know, this brand specifically or anything that, that's coming up that we should keep an eye out for? Yes, we have a lot. We're involved in a new company called Mates Brand, M-A-T-E-S mm. Brand. And um, Jameson Ernest, he's the founder. He's a very talented entrepreneur. He mm-hmm. um, has a great eye and a really good style and a great way of bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And Mates is a company that will take, um, you know, sort of experts in their field or celebrities and pair them with a producer of a certain type of product to mm. that co-develop um, you know a product or a service that will fall under that umbrella so like the, the initial group is uh, Venus Williams oh. uh, Kate Hudson um, Vanessa Hudgens and then somehow I got in there <laughs> 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 you know but um so that's really exciting we're working on um, a couple of TV projects with um, that I'm excited about both of them with a, a production studio here in California called mm-hmm. studio and um, we just opened our restaurant in Doha last week it's beautiful. The, um, my French isn't great, but it's the late French uh, mm-hmm. The royal family, I guess, of Qatar bought that French department store brand and built a huge development, and they created this gorgeous green restaurant um, for us. Wow. And that just opened. And I think our next opening is in Palm Beach, and then in the fall in Monaco. These are all licensing partnerships, mm-hmm. so strategic partnerships. Um, and, um, you know, we're working on a, a sort of bespoke um alcohol line we just uh, partnered with um, an influencer and, and sort of a cult like guy he's just very well, well known Sean um, Witherspoon mm-hmm. and, uh, and then Matt Fontana my friend and one's besties it's a, the best vegan uh, convenience store in the country and um, we opened vegan coffee but it's actually a curated uh, sneaker shop oh wow Hollywood. Um, you know we're partnering with a, a group that has a new yacht it's like a solar and electric sustainable beautiful yacht mm-hmm. that uh, we'll do charters with high-end plant-based cuisine. We're actually training the chefs uh, here today. They've been with us all week. Wow. We'll be on the boat. So we do a lot of different things. And yeah, I mean, we're probably involved in 70 or 80 different types of projects. Which is amazing because I was literally going to be like, oh, is there anything that you've yet to want to do that's like on your list of things to do? And just in you speaking, you cover so many different verticals and, and, and different things like that. How do you take time for yourself? Because I'm sure you're traveling a lot. You're always like checking projects and different stuff. But what do you do to kind of like center yourself to give back to self-care? Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> well, no, first of all, we look at the we look at the entire spectrum from food growing mm-hmm. to when it's served. And actually beyond that, like my partner, Charlotte, she's also our creative director. Mm. 
She grows, she has five towers and some in the ground. She grows more food than you can eat here at wow. home. And she starts everything from seed. And so we look at that and we partner with different groups that are, you know, into the sustainable growing methods and mm-hmm. we get involved with them. But on the back end, we work with Lomi, which is the really cool um, mm-hmm. uh, composting machine for the home and the developing one for the business. It's just incredible. You put all your food waste in there, mm-hmm. press one button, 12 hours later, you have compost that goes back into the garden. So, um, we look at the whole spectrum and anything sustainable that promoting longevity not just for humans but for the planet mm-hmm. that is pleasurable and well designed and stylish that's you know we, we really get engaged that entire process wow. um, it used to be strictly food and I used to stay in my lane with that but mm-hmm. I realized sometimes that's not enough because a lot of people are environmentalists yep. and other people care about you know only their health not whether it's vegan or not so some care about animals so we really have to embrace the whole thing and that's why we have leaned out our model to the point where we're not physically we won't be physically running really businesses because mm-hmm. all of our energy instead of being 70% operational and 30% innovation is going to be 90% innovation and maybe 10% supportive of the various partnerships Absolutely. Um, and the, so that's you know that's why I made that change because the other way of doing it which is what I've been doing for the last many many years mm-hmm. it wasn't sustainable for me I'm 58 59 this summer mm-hmm. um, I'm healthy but I don't sleep enough and I feel like I don't give my I, I don't work to the best of my potential if I'm not rested and taking time for yoga and mm-hmm. meditation and so forth so that's why I'm shifting this model so that we will remove the majority of that operational aspect and I feel like we'll do much better work and we'll add more value to society that way and I can, can take care of myself better. right <laughs> well you know you were mentioning about TV and things like that do you envision seeing yourself doing like a TV series or you know there's so many interesting culinary shows beyond like the competition ones that are like a travel meets you know cooking experience would you do that or, or do you have plans for that um, we do yes I, I've been approached many times over the years about competitions and reality shows and mm-hmm. it wasn't really my thing more reserved and I'm comfortable on camera but I don't have this desire to be on camera mm-hmm. so if, if I can tell a story and make a difference then I'm happy to do it it's also good for our company and right. exposure so I get excited for that reason mm-hmm. for the reasons that you know, we can make an impact right. and change habits and inspire people, hopefully. So, yeah, we're working on two shows. One is more of a, a one-on-one type of, like, solutions-based, you know, it's like a mm-hmm. talk show almost yep. with celebrities or athletes and so forth that are looking to become plant-based and need, you know, we've had experiences with quite a few, um, you know, you know, really drop names, but mm-hmm. quite a few in the past. And uh, so we're going to do a show out of that because we believe that, A, it'll be entertaining, the, the known figures will, will draw an audience mm-hmm. and people are interested in them and also they'll be influential in, in changing habits because watchers viewers will, will see that and mm-hmm. see them taking that initiative and then we'll support it with you know I have a really large global network of one of my good friends is an expert in hydration it sounds simple mm-hmm. but it's not you know and so we have a lot of um, a lot of contacts like that that we'll bring into that that show and then the other one will be more travel I always love to know reservations yep see. so in that sense but it will be around food science food technology innovations in the food space mm-hmm. So we might go to Finland where somebody's creating an alternative protein with air, you know, mm-hmm. and, and but it's not going into a laboratory and, and doing that. It's more like get to know the person, what inspired them, what's, you know, what's their background and, and their, their local culture and the team they built. So it will be, you know, go ahead and drink a bottle of wine with them or, or mm-hmm. who knows. But so those are the two 
many shows we're working on. So I, I um, yeah, it's not a, out of a desire for um, being on television. Like when I was young, Bobby Flay and I used to share a summer home in the Hamptons, like mm-hmm. two or three years in a row. And he really wanted TV and I really wanted to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm, I'm closer to 60, I feel like I have a story to tell about longevity. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not just about people who are older. It's, it's about preparing for longevity when you're young. Absolutely. And so I think that it, I think that there's a, there's something there to tell and share. And um, so, yeah, there'll be cooking involved, but it's not just that. Well, I think that's awesome. And I would definitely, you know, watch something like that. And, you know, when you're cooking for yourself, what are three ingredients that you tend to always have on hand that you find to be, you know, versatile in various dishes that you cook? Lemons. <laughs> um, good olive oil, good sea salt. But, but aside that. from that, um, yeah, always, you know, Fuji apples, broccoli, um, greens, but we, you know, Charlotte grows them here, so they're, they're always here. Mm. But, I, yeah, I, I always, I love having a nice pantry, you know, just good nuts and oils and, and seasonings. I love yuzu. I mean, I, I can mm. give you a really long list, but the first thing, three things that come to mind, great sea salt, lemons, olive oil. I love that. As someone who you have done so much in this space and, and you have such a passion for it, what do you want your legacy to be seen as, um, you know, when people look back to the work that you've done? It's not really about me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care if this is a legacy about me, but I want the work that, that I've done for so many years because there were much easier things I could have done. Mm-hmm. And I really want that to carry on um, and, and see plant-based to where it should end up. Right. Know, to be really the center of the plate. And for everybody to understand it and hopefully it's part of our education as, as young kids. I mean, we learn the capitals of every state and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever country is and, and algebra and so forth, but we don't understand our own bodies, where our food comes from. Mm-hmm. And I really want, you know, I don't want to see a society that's, that's ill and unnecessarily. Right. And I want people to be able to enjoy their lives much longer into their, you know, later years and to feel better while they're young, mm-hmm. um, to have a more productive society and, and hopefully one that's also emotionally more balanced because of what foods can do for our well-being. So mm-hmm. um, I just really want to do everything I can to sort of get that momentum going or be a part of that momentum. And that's my goal. I don't have any personal aspirations. Well, as a a personal question that just popped up in my head, you know, so many people are talking about obviously gut health and, you know, eating gummies and different things like that. From your point of view, what are ingredients or or items that people should be eating for their positive gut health? I think most people are dehydrated, um, including myself, um, because water can get boring. And even when we do drink enough water, it's not always assimilated the right way. So Mm -hmm. there are certain types of water and certain pH balances and certain supplements we can do to, mm-hmm. to cover that. I think that's probably number one. And number two, I think, is chewing food because <laughs> our digestive system doesn't have teeth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's really critical. Those two things, like, can make such a difference in our digestive system, you know. Mm-hmm. But then also, um, you know, foods that digest more more quickly. I mean, we're not animals, mm-hmm. so, you know, that's why plants are so valuable. Right. But understanding food combining and, and what to layer and not layer, you know, eating watermelon on top of a, a big meal, for example, is not a good mm-hmm. idea. So, yeah, digestion is everything. I mean, you know, removing toxins and potential toxins from our body mm-hmm. is everything. It's critically important. And I never thought about it. You know, it's like as a young 
young people, we don't think about it. But I, mm-hmm. when I got into plant-based, I did a cleanse with this really quirky doctor. Um, and it, it just changed my entire digestive, digestive system. And mm-hmm. I felt wow, I felt like I was flying. Mm-hmm. And so ever since then, I'm really uh, acutely aware of like how my digestion is and what I, you know, what I eat, how it's going to impact my digestion. And I indulge. I like sweets. I like ice mm-hmm. cream. I indulge. I eat, like eat whatever I want. But what I want is usually what's good for me. I've trained myself, I guess, without without really much effort. Right. Because I really love these foods anyway. Mm-hmm. I've always been like excited walking into a health food store. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I think that that's a big subject, and it's definitely like everything because you can be in the most beautiful place on the planet, gorgeous sunny day, mm-hmm. and uh, be on vacation. And if your digestion's not functioning properly, you yep. cannot enjoy it. to sit with you again to share another great story with you at Athleisure Kitchen. Athleisure Kitchen is a part of Athleisure Studio, our multimedia podcast network, which is the division of Athleisure Media, and whose sister site is Athleisure Mag. Get the latest episode by listening, following, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, Himalaya, or your preferred podcast platform. Find out additional information by checking out the show notes. You can stay in the loop on who future guests are by visiting us at athleisurestudio.com backslash athleisurekitchen and on Instagram at athleisurekitchen and at athleisurestudio. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith. Athleisure Kitchen is executive produced by Paul Farkas and myself and is mixed by the team at Athleisure Studio. We'll be back with another episode, so make sure that you set an extra plate for us.